0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler?
1: Mike, I need you to help me solve my quandary of the day.
0: Oh, man. Um,
1: wow, this is pretty serious right away. Uh, what is it? Why in the wide, wide world of sports are the Bulls playing it back-to-back in the preseason? I'm still trying to figure this out. Um... That's a good all question. You, all you ever hear is, "Oh man, we can't play back to backs. They're too stressful. They're too hard on our bodies." Oh, every team stinks on the second of a back to back. Yet in the preseason, the Bulls are playing a back to back. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um,
0: I want you. I want you to go out to the Bulls roster and tell me if that makes any sense to you. And then I think you have your answer: is that this team doesn't make sense and who gives a shit? They're terrible. They'll probably run out of a completely different lineup every single night for 82 games. Um, it is going to be it's going to be terrible.
1: I was kind of glad they started Jerry and Grant over Chris Dunn because I don't think Chris Dunn is an NBA player, so that was well, positive development. I think even if Chris Dunn
0: is um, NBA caliber, like he's not a point guard. Jerry and Grant can be kind of a point guard. So actually in like some of these deeper leagues that I've uh, already drafted in, uh, I actually took Grant super late. Uh, some of them are little dynasty salary ones. So he's like, you know, barely worth any money. And I was like, Jerry Grant is the only person on this team who played meaningful minutes in the NBA as a point guard ever. He's probably going to be the one who plays meaningful minutes as a point guard this year
1: yeah i mean the the counter that argument is right is we we bought Don for a high sticker price um in some ways and so we're just going to throw him out there and for 82 games and not care and hope he gets better and if he doesn't then we're just going to say well you're definitely not our point guard we need a point guard
0: yeah i i i'm not going to act like i know what fred hoiberg is going to do because i don't think fred hoiberg day to day really knows who he is or what he's doing or, you know, I think he's just worried about not getting too worked up uh, around his uh, heart condition or whatever it is. It's um, I, I, I can't imagine a world where this team ever makes sense or, I mean the rotation wasn't set until maybe like the last eight games last year. So with this team, I, I, I just don't see a rotation being set for a very long time, but
1: well, and, and Fred does Fred. does Fred. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it in the sense that, like, I mean, we, we talked about this before, right? It's like, oh, you missed your first shot. You're on the bench. For the it's game. Like, it's like, what? Like, I'm confused. Like, he missed a shot. Like, doesn't everyone miss a shot? I yeah. saw Steph Curry miss a shot earlier. Is he, are they going to sit him out too?
0: If, they're, if he's going to pull Bobby Portis out every time he takes a bad shot or misses a rotation on defense, Bobby Portis is going to play about three minutes a game.
1: Well, the problem is he's not going to have anyone left to play at the end because everyone's going to play like three minutes.
0: Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be pretty miserable. I don't want to talk about the Bulls
1: because they are terrible, and I'm you want to know I'll, talk about I'll, them I'll, too much. I, a a much better note. You want to know who looks sexy even in the preseason? Who? Just Devin Booker, man. That man just gets the ball in his hands. He's just taking on three Portland Trail Blazers and scoring, just not caring. Man, he just. Yeah. He knows I mean, how to do it, man. He's gonna score. He's gonna score points. Cool. Oh, man, I love it. I'm, I'm, not, love I'm watching.
0: not I'm not buying in on the the hype that he's gonna turn into like a five tool type of player. Like
1: he's gonna oh, score
0: no. a ton, but
1: I, I mean I think that in some ways he's better in real life than in fantasy. Now he's not a great defender, obviously, but the dude can score with the best of them, I think. Uh that doesn't Super healthy in fantasy in the sense that he's probably not going to get you hardly any defensive stats. But I don't know. He's still one of my favorite players in the NBA to watch.
0: Uh, we got our first taste of the OK City Mellows and the Houston Rocket Chris Pauls. What do you, what, what, any comments on that game? Mellow looked very efficient, looked good, pretty good.
1: I mean, I I, th- I think Mello's going to be a little bit better this year in the sense that he's probably not going to get as many shots, but he's going to uh care a little bit more which is it's a hard thing to judge obviously but i think we saw times where he just didn't really give it his all and i think he might now that he's in oklahoma city um nothing really surprised me too much right houston shot a million threes which is what you figured they would do they in um they shot
0: 55 threes it's amazing yeah I mean, I mean, they're they're probably going to shoot more than that in a real regular season game sometime this year.
1: But does it surprise you? Like, I mean, that's what the team is, right? It's no, it's James North Harden for. to attack, right? Chris Paul, they're going to let him attack a little bit, and everybody else is just going to stand at the three point line, going, "Hey, pass it, pass it,
0: give me the ball." Yep, they're just going to catch and shoot. And uh, James Harden had ten assists. Chris Paul had seven assists. There you go. It's a good uh, sign that you're you shouldn't really worry about either one of those guys, especially in D'Antoni's offense. Uh, with Oklahoma City, those guys are going to play really well together. Um, but, you know, this, these are preseason games that are really hard to judge anything um, super concrete other and, than just kind of know who's playing, who's starting. That's that's always a little, a little interesting.
1: And here's another thing I'll say about it too is you can't really look at the box score so much and get the full context of the game because just strange things happen. We talked about it a little bit uh, yesterday, I think, where we talked about Jimmy Butler like played the first 12 minutes and then just like randomly sat out, and there was like really no reason for it other than they didn't want him to play more than 12 minutes. So it's really hard to get a feel of like who's actually going to play just by looking at the box score.
0: Yeah, I like to just look at who started, and then I like to see who what, what players got the most minutes off the bench and just kind of make a mental note like, oh, um, Sean Kilpatrick still is uh, getting a lot of minutes off the bench for the Brooklyn Nets interesting just you know that he could be someone who ends up playing if someone gets hurt um these are not like things that really should terribly affect your your draft um, we did see doug mcdermott get a start that's kind of interesting kylo <laughs> quinn got a start that's weird uh ramon sessions and tim hardaway jr both started and- as well so like
1: what the knicks are weird Thinking back to last so, preseason, this happens sometimes too. When when you think it's like a position battle between two guys and then there's kind of a third guy. So in New York, it would be an example this year with like Kylo Quinn. And then I really think the position battles between Hernan Gomez and Enos Cantor. Um, sometimes they'll start the third guy and just like let him play a few minutes at the beginning of the game and then pull him out and then let the other two like just battle it out the whole rest of the game, like take up the rest of the minutes. I don't really get the – theory behind that or the strategy, but I've seen that happen a few times already this preseason and a few times last year, and I was, like, super confused by that.
0: I agree. Um, th- there's, there's, Even though you might see a starting lineup, but that does not mean that is the opening night starting lineup. Um, uh, there's a yep. lot of weird teams
1: out there. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, I thought it was interesting, too. The, the one kind of th- takeaway that didn't surprise me uh, was Pelicans tonight. They played four of their five starters over 30 minutes, which was weird. They played Davis, Cousins, Rondo, and Drew Holiday all over 30 minutes, which was strange for a preseason game this early on. And they lost to the Bulls. Uh, Yeah, which, I mean, that doesn't matter. But you saw Rondo get eight assists and Drew Holiday get three. And you saw Rondo with the ball in his hands a significant more amount than Drew Holiday. So if you're drafting Drew Holiday thinking he's going to get, like, six, seven assists – um. That might not happen.
0: Yeah, there might be some. You might want to update your rankings. And we we've been talking about Drew Holiday as uh, um, kind of being overdrafted simply because Rondo is going to be there. He's gonna Rondo's going to be playing heavy minutes, and when people play with Rondo, they they don't get the ball. He he dribbles out the clock. He he dribbles a ton. A lot of people want to talk about playoff Rondo, and um, I I watched eighty two games of damn Rondo, and uh, there were many. A majority of those games where um, most of my cursing was directed
1: at Rajon Rondo. I just want to know if Playoff Rondo was brothers with Olympic Mellow or Hoodie Mellow. I think he knows Hoodie Mellow. I think they're oh. cousins. Oh, okay.
0: Uh, the other thing that I, I thought was interesting was that you we talked about right before that uh, we started was uh, Markel Fultz. And the coaching staff there, not happy with the way he has re- um, defined his shot and for a guy who really wasn't going to be known as a as a great shooter for the coaching staff to be uh, come out in like in solidarity against his new release uh, a week two weeks before the season that's a pretty bad sign
1: yeah and I mean their their first preseason game is tomorrow um, so we'll get a little bit more look at this jump shot and how much he's playing and who he's playing with, if he's playing with that starting unit or if he's kind of just playing with the backups. But yeah, I mean, you got to think it's not a good sign and it may, it'd be interesting to see what it does, right? Where he's getting drafted now, I was never going to draft him anyways. I think that he's being overdrafted for sure. Um, I think we could see a real bad kind of first two months for him and he could end up on a ton of waiver wires. And Maybe he's worth scooping up, like around the All Star break, and gives you some good production down the stretch. But I just don't think he's going to be worth much early in the season.
0: Yeah, I think he, I still think he's going to play heavy minutes, so it's it's worth it's worth watching tomorrow to see how easily he gets into the lane, if he's finishing really well, and then, so maybe that that shot doesn't matter as much, but it does hurt his um really his overall fantasy value. Um, a guy that I'm actually looking at rather I'd rather take a flyer with would probably be uh, if I'm looking at rookies is uh Dennis Smith Jr. Looks like he's going to get some good playing time.
1: Uh yeah. Perfect. All, all probably good 30 minutes. I wouldn't be surprised if he even ticked up to like 32 at some point, 35. Um yeah, he looks real good. He looks real athletic. Um I love some Dennis Smith Jr. I'm just a little bit worried that he struggles out of the gate a little bit. But Oh yeah, he'll
0: he'll definitely struggle at times this year. But it, someone who's playing thirty minutes, uh, I'm interested, in that. and a flyer well, and it, would probably be warranted.
1: That's what I mean. And if he gives you, you know, four good months, once you know, once he gets settled down, that's probably definitely worth the hundredth pick or wherever he's going, uh, depending on your league.
0: For sure. Let's um, let's get right into it. So we we have been doing a, a little series called uh, Who Do You Drafts? And we've been taking the consensus top eight. We're about halfway through that top eight. And we've just been doing a, um, a hypothetical mock draft, trying to build a team and uh, head-to-head around whoever we pick in the first round, wherever they happen to go. So it's a, it's a good thought-building exercise. It's a good way to prepare for your draft. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a... An on-paper mock draft, if you will. So, if you want to check out some of the earlier ones, depending on who you might be drafting in the first round, um, go check those out. We're also we got a auction versus snake draft strategy podcast. So, if you're interested in a little bit more of the strategic ways of approaching a draft, uh, that's with Alex Reichlein. So, go check out that old podcast too. But today we're gonna we're gonna draft somebody that um, played in a preseason game tonight who had 10 assists, who shot 12 three-pointers. Uh, his name is James Harden.
1: Oh, what to say about James, his luscious beard, his luscious stats, his just lusciousness in general?
0: He, um, I I don't know how James Harden's not more likable just overall. I think people really like him, but he should be even more likable. He seems like a real um, – Seems like a real character. He's got the striking, beautiful beard. Uh but when you when you see him in fantasy, where where are you seeing people take James Harden? I think in a head-to-head league, people are still doing the Westbrook Harden thing at, at the top. And um my guess is he's being taken definitely in your top five. Uh,
1: yeah, so his average air position on all three sites is third. So I I mean wow. I think it's, it's even on that. CBS? CBS 3, ESPN 3, Yahoo 3. So I think it's safe to say that he's probably going to pick three. I will tell you a fun fact that I like to do with James Harden when I'm at the games. He's got that luscious beard, and I always think he hides stuff in there, like maybe a donut or something. So when I'm at the game and the guy's shooting free throws, I'm not watching the free throws. I'm watching James Harden just to see if he pulls anything out of that beard and starts eating it. I think he keeps his car keys in there. (laughs) There's got to be something in there. What other reason would you have a beard that big?
0: Um, because you can, as a as a person who is able to grow a beard and has a a, a, con- a constant beard, it's a it's it's a sign of power. And um, if you got it flaunt it. That's that's what my mom always says. So no way. There's there's James Harden's got it. There's
1: James food Harden's in that
0: beard. I'm telling you, there's food in that beard. All right, let's get to let's get to drafted for James Harden here. So we're we're gonna take him right where the ADP has him. We're gonna take him third overall. And I think this is a pretty fair assessment. We're going to do a 12-team head-to-head. We're going to be looking at the ADPs for average. We're going to ignore CBS mostly because their average uh, draft rankings are terrible. And I do not know who's doing mock drafts over on CBS or real drafts or whatever whatever they're calculating over there. It doesn't make any sense. But going at three, once again, I mean, we're either in the top or the middle. I mean, that's that we keep um, – going down the same list of people but that's that's where you're either going to be taking one of these guys someone's either going to fall to you or you're going to be in the top half of the draft and you're going to be able to pick who you want and in this case we're going to be picking at 22 and 27 at the bottom of the second and early third rounds but James Harden's a a different beast someone who is going to score a ton hit an incredibly good clip of three pointers play at a, at a very high pace. It's gonna but um give you great rebounds and assists. Where where what direction are you looking at here at the bottom of the second round?
1: What direction am I looking at? Well I mean it's a lot of the same players right that we've been talking about but I mean This is a spot where we could actually grab Mr. Gordon Hayward, right? we talked about him a little bit. Um, you got Kemba Walker, you got Kyle Lowry, you got CJ McCollum. Uh, maybe you got Chris Stapps, although probably not. He's, he's stretching up there a little bit, uh, recently. And then you got the usual, you know, kind of types in there, um, Thoughts on Draymond Green at this spot? He's he's kind of sticking around right in this general area sometimes. Yeah, he's
0: he's often being, I think, overlooked because of his points uh, perception. I, I, I like the idea of taking him if he's available because Draymond's just a special beast. He's um, someone who's going to give you almost LeBron-esque stats uh, from rebounds and assists but almost two steals a game and over half a block game. He's going to basically completely round you out, kind of neuter your points. But as long as you focus on points over the next two rounds, it's really – the value you're getting out of Draymond Green is is aggressively good.
1: Well, and you – with those two, if you start off your draft with those two guys, I mean, you got some assists pretty locked up. You got – Your steals are looking real, real fine. Um, To get over half a block from your point guard and James Harden or your shooting guard, whichever way you want to look at it, and then get the one and a half pretty close from Draymond Green, Uh, that category is looking real nice. Your threes are looking real nice. Uh, This would be the perfect kind of my favorite punt build. Do the six, punt the two. Uh, Punt the two percentages. Um, I think you're looking real pretty if you are going for that strategy, if you pick Draymond Green, second pick.
0: Yeah, I like that kind of thought. I think this is where um, we get in a bit of a um, similar conundrum for most of these picks. Uh, even, even if we're drafting a bigger, or, or um, I guess, a, a point guard in this case. or he's, I guess he's a two guard, but he does point guard things. We like Ricky Rubio at value, and we like Draymond Green at value, and the, they're both going to hurt your, your points drastically. But going in one direction or the other kind of makes sense no matter who you take in the first rounds. You could probably build – you could build someone out of, this, out of those two.
1: Well, and I feel like too – I mean we talk about this, right? Like you kind of can just average it out. So if you say Draymond gets 12 and Harden gets 28, okay, that's 40 points. So you basically have two 20-point scorers. Yeah. And that's, that's still very good. That's not terrible. Yeah, and and so I mean I think that Harden is kind of him and, and Westbrook are maybe the two guys I think the hardest about drafting Jamon Green with because I think those two guys help you make up the point deficiency.
0: If Kyrie was available, would you rather would you rather just take him and just pile on your your guards who are scoring at an incredibly high clip?
1: Oh, no doubt, but I don't think there's any way he's available.
0: I think I think I agree with you. Um, I just think it'd be if you could get someone like Harden and then match that up with Dame or, or or Kyrie, you're you're basically winning points. You're winning threes, and you're still set up really well in assists and rebounds. It's that's that's also a really interesting move if you're playing. I guess if you're playing in a ten-team league, that's something to start looking at. But um, we we haven't really tried to do something around Draymond and. I like the idea of looking into punting the percentages because that is like kind of a a standard way of, of punting and head to head. We don't have to really punt the percentages even at this point because of Draymond's volume at free throw isn't terribly high. So our free throws aren't really technically being punted at this point, but we could go in that direction and we could go hard in that direction by taking someone like Hassan Whiteside um, or DeAndre Jordan in the next round. What do you, what do you think about an old-fashioned free-throw punt
1: strategy here? Um, I like it, kind of. Um, I feel like we're, we're pretty good in rebounds right now, but we could be pretty amazing in rebounds. We could really solidify our blocks if we get one of those guys. Um, we could really be sitting pretty in a lot of categories if we get someone like that.
0: I think picking – and we've heard stories of people picking Hassan Whiteside and DeAndre Jordan and Andre Drummond and Dwight Howard, and that's just absolutely foolish and insane. Uh, If you win blocks every week by 200 or 20, it's still win. Yes, sir. And and then you're going to miss guys like Chris Middleton, Paul Millsap, Kevin Love, all these like third, fourth round – fifth round picks that have really good value that would actually round your team out. But instead you just, you just are blowing people away in blocks and rebounds and I guess field goal percentage and probably losing the rest of your, your categories, maybe not turnovers.
1: Yes, sir. Um, if you look at the average ADP, which is kind of surprising on both ESPN and Yahoo, Miles Turner is getting picked 27th, which is our next pick. So that's probably the guy I would take. I mean, we talk about this a lot. Um, it's probably my my huckleberry there. Actually, if we're going to take Draymond Green at two, at the, at the
0: 22nd pick, with someone who has that low of a, of a point total, I might actually be looking at 27 to pick someone who scores abnormally high for the third round. So I might be looking at someone like Bradley Beal, Clay Thompson, see, maybe even Blake see, you, Griffin.
1: You keep thinking this point is a struggle. I mean like I said we have 220 point scores so I I'm not super worried about that. Um I think Turner's good for probably 16 to 17 points a game this year. So I'm not super worried if I get that 17 points with the 220s I already got I'm I'm feeling pretty pretty safe. Oh.
0: All right? I mean I mean if if you say so like uh, that, I I really do think if someone goes LeBron James, Dame Lillard, I mean they're they're definitely way way ahead in the points game. And uh, we are definitely playing from behind in the points game. I don't think we're punting points at this point, but we're, we're playing from behind. And uh, with Miles Turner, that brings our percentages way back up. Are we giving Miles Turner a little too much credit, simply because his, his rankings uh, come from the fact that he's an excellent uh, shooter at both field goal and free throw?
1: Well, he's definitely an excellent shooter at field goal and free throw. Um, I think that's maybe good for us in the sense that now we're feeling pretty strong, too, in, in those categories. And, I mean, we're probably not feeling super great about our field goal percentage, although we're not feeling terrible about it either. But our free throw now is probably back up there to pretty darn good. And if we win a category we're punting, that's just kind of a bonus point for me.
0: I will say this James Harden has probably maybe been my favorite build we've done so far because I haven't really looked at a player and gone, nah, I shouldn't take him. James Harden is is probably one of the one of the better picks to to build around simply because he is so incredibly versatile and and is so good at so many things.
1: Well, and the offense just plays at such a fast pace, kind of run and gun, shoot those threes, and so he gives you a ton of stats. Right, the faster you play, the more chucks you make early in that shot clock, the more stats you can get. So that's always pretty. Yeah,
0: I like I like where your head's at, and. I like um, maybe boosting our, our blocks with someone like Miles Turner, but uh, I'm just gonna throw out a few other people who might be available. We could go, like I said, old fashioned point free throw with Hassan Whiteside, and just slow rebounds away. And, and Whiteside really gonna be blocks. available
1: at 27. I it's, mean, I think it's possible. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I mean, 19 and 16 are his averages on 80. 80- on Yahoo and ESPN 26 now on CBS so maybe Mike's been playing in his CBS leagues again
0: I've been hustling all the people on <laughs> the CBS leagues because they have no idea what they're doing um, But maybe, maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm seeing in, in my mock drafts I, I'm seeing Hassan Whiteside go a little bit lower than um, I guess uh, the, the consensus draft picks are
1: uh, Dennis Smith 54th on CBS if you want a, another great CBS pick um, wow uh, that's aggressive.
0: Yes, sir. So let's let's throw – I think you're right. Maybe Hassan Whiteside isn't there. If we want to take Hassan Whiteside, probably have to take him at 22, and that means Draymond Green is a no-go for sure. Um, hmm. What about a versatile guard like Eric Bledsoe? He is also someone who gets really good rebounds and assists for his – so we would have just like three guys who get amazing rebound assists for their positions.
1: The got guy- uh, other guy I'm thinking might be available and I'll throw this in there right now yeah. is uh, CJ McCollum from Portland. Uh, now on ESPN, he's 20th. So you're probably not going to get him, but 26th on Yahoo. Uh, we're picking 27th. I mean, I don't think it's out of the question to say maybe he slips one spot to you. No, I don't. I, I don't think that's out of the question at all.
0: Uh, I will say he gets good blocks for um, a guard. Let's, do something a little bit differently. Let's look ahead at 46. We see guys like Gordon Drodic, D'Angelo Russell, some of the old our old favorites, uh, Nurkic, Oladipo, Gary Harris, Dill Schroeder, some of the, the guys that we we've seen before. Who what kind of player can we not get in that round? And I think the the player that we cannot get in the next round is someone like Miles Turner or Blake Griffin.
1: Yeah, no doubt, um, unless we're going to go Horford. But Horford's not going to give you a ton of rebounds, I don't think. Uh, he's going to play some center this year. but I mean, he's awesome in everything else, but he would probably be the next kind of big that you're looking at there. Uh, and then you obviously got Nurkic as well. But I don't know. I'm just – I feel not so great about picking Nurkic in this build. What, what, what is uh, dissuading you from Nurkic? in this build, I feel like, number one, I feel like 47 is a little bit aggressive for Nurkic from where I'm standing, just because I know he fouls a ton. Um, The assists are okay, right? He's going to probably get you like two, two and a half. He's not going to give you a ton of points. I mean, we're talking probably like 13, maybe 14. Uh, The rebounds would be nice. Steals and blocks, obviously. No three pointers, which I'm not super worried about that because we're probably good uh, in that category. And obviously we're not caring too much about the percentages, but I I just don't love him. I would would prefer someone like Al Horford just because I think he's going to give you a little bit better across the board. He's going to give you some threes. He's going to give you a little bit more assists. Um, And we're trying to get all the counting categories, not just some. So Nurkic's big field goal percentage, actually it's not even really that big, doesn't really help us. Um, I would just be more into Horford in this particular build.
0: I think that's fair. I think that's that's a pretty good assessment. I, I like Nurkic if we are actually going to start running towards a punt percentages um, type of build. If we take Miles Turner here, we don't need it. We really don't need a big. So we if we aren't punting our um, percentages really at that point. We're still doing really well there. If we go hard after someone like Eric Bledsoe. Uh, who's going to shoot a, a poor field goal percentage, or Blake Griffin, who's going to have a media a pretty mediocre free throw percentage? You can then turn around and take someone like Nurkic
1: later in this draft. Yeah, you're not going to talk me into Blake Griffin. Sorry, this is not happening. Point Blake, we'd have three guys who are pretty insane at rebounds and
0: assists uh, right off the board at one, two, three, and um, I don't know. There's,
1: there's something about that build that definitely. Yeah. Definitely you watch. You watched that Clippers game. How much Point Blake did you see, my friend? Uh, that's true. Uh, Todosich is
0: probably going to be Point Tadusich, I guess. So yeah,
1: no. Uh, the Point Blake thing is a bit of an overblow. It's a for myth. Me. It's, um, it's
0: becoming more of a myth by the second.
1: And I just, man, I talk about this a lot, right? I want to feel good about my draft. It's nothing against Blake Griffin personally. He might be a great guy. I don't. I don't know him. Um, I just. I'm always afraid he's gonna do something stupid and hurt himself so that's one tick against him for me another thing is like yeah okay he's flashy and he does the big dunk and the this and the that and I'm just a little worried that with Chris Paul out of town that he's not gonna be able to do the flashy big dunk uh, as easily and I just I don't he's got some
0: the, on those knees.
1: I don't love the no steals no block really I mean maybe a steal a game which is all right for that but no blocks really at all a little bit of three-pointers but I don't think very much it's just like I don't know I can't really get on board with him
0: I think that's fair um I I, I get your uh hesitation and, and taking some of like Blake, Blake Griffin especially with his injury history I'm it's gonna go out-
1: now, if we're talking like fourth, fifth round, right? I might be a little bit more on board, but it's like with my third pick. I mean, I don't want Joel Embiid with my third pick. Why would I want Blake Griffin?
0: Yeah, I'd, really, I'd rather take a chance on Joel Embiid. Really?
1: Yeah. So I'm actually
0: going to go and say that Miles Turner is not available here because I think we've done it. We've done Miles Turner before, and also Miles Turner, I, I think, is, is starting to move up in in leagues. I'm not sure he's going to be available. At 27, we we made a little bit of an adjustment and said Draymond fell to us. I'm not sure it's fair to have Miles Turner also fall to us at this well, point. Maybe that's they're... why. That maybe that's why Draymond Green fell to us because someone took someone like Miles Turner early.
1: I don't know that it was really a say that he fell to us because it was either him or Porzingis, right? One one of the two had to have been there probably with the way the drafts are going, right? right. So if you jumped up and took Porzingis, then Green fell, and if you didn't, then you know, so it was kind of a one or the other there. I went with Draymond today just because we've gone with Porzingis quite a bit. We've talked about that a lot. Um, but yeah, okay, let's say someone picks Miles Turner. I'm fine with that. Uh, I'm still kind of interested in TJ McCollum. If, if that happened, I think maybe he may be the one who slips out of that. Um, or I'm probably looking at either Mike Conley or Eric Blitzo, which we can talk about that kind of little toss-up there. Uh, also, the option is DeMar DeRozan if we won a lot of points.
0: I'm uh, I'm still I'm not reaching down for Demar Derozan at this uh, in the third at the top of the third round definitely not I know that's where he's kind of going in a lot of in a lot of drafts and I just I think that's absurd I I just he's not going to be that um we amazing a of a player he does fit our,
1: our our build a little bit actually but we talked I'm, about this though in the interested. Toronto uh, season preview I think that it was like he was underrated forever like going right at pick fifty or a little later. And it was like he was usually valued in like the 30s or, or 40s like every year and you got a nice little 10 or 15 20 spot boost and now like he jumped up to the 30s and you're like wait what Like way wow. overrated yeah now it's like he's at his ceiling and he's probably not going to take a step forward so it's like you got no value on that pick at all and so yeah i'm probably with you that we don't want to take him but he would be a decent fit for this build particular one
0: Yeah, I like it because if if we don't have someone like Miles Turner available, we don't have any really blocks available at this position. I guess our best block candidate would be someone like Mark Gasol. But um, I like uh, the idea of looking at someone like Mike Connolly, Eric Bledsoe, or CJ McCall. All three are going to probably score around 20 points, if not a a little bit more. We got... um, a very good three-point clip from, from most of them. Mike Connolly kind of overperformed last year, so we could see a little bit slump back on, on his his level, but he's really still the main facilitator there. He's only 30. It's not like he's going to fall off a cliff. Are any of those guys you particularly like more than the other one?
1: Um, I'm probably rating them in a vacuum, McCollum, Conley, and then Bledsoe uh, for me. in this build... I kind of like McCollum too, just because he's going to score a lot. And I think that, like you said, we're not super feeling great about our points. I think we're all right, but I don't think we're super solid. And his twenty-two a game, pretty close, are going to be a real nice addition to this particular squad. See, in this build, I actually think I like CJ McCollum the least, and
0: this is why we have two guys who are really, really good at rebound, uh, who are really good at rebounds, and assists for their position. Why not just keep? putting more and more rebounds and assists from weird positions, like, you know, from extra positions. Someone like Eric Bledsoe and Mike Connelly does a pretty good job. We don't really need more three-pointers. Uh, James Harden's going to be hitting threes, and Draymond's going to be hitting threes.
1: Well, I'm with you there that, that we don't super need one of his better categories. Um, I guess I just feel a little bit better about McCollum playing a, a full, full slate. Um, I don't know if there's really any reason to not to be worried about either one of the other two guys. I'm just worried that Mike Conley, he had that weird Achilles thing a couple years back. And that, I don't know, that's one of those injuries that always kind of freaks me out a little bit. And Bledsoe, it's it's maybe not even the injury so much. as just like the Suns being like, yeah, we suck. You're done. Yeah, I
0: feel like that's absolute – that'd be another – that'd be such a trash move for them to do again,
1: but – but in, 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 Why and wouldn't got, they? Well, and we got to think, too, that this is head-to-head, and, and you can say, oh, you're going to trade. You can trade these guys, but can you, like, if you're picking one of these guys at 27 and you're reaching up a little bit for Conley or for Eric Blitzo, like, are you really going to be able to trade them for their full value? I mean, I don't know. Probably not. Probably um, not, but
0: they're still an asset that could be part of a deal.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that that's fine, I guess. It just, I don't know. I feel a little bit safe with CJ McCollum. So that's probably where I would go.
0: Okay. Um, man, I, I, I'd like to veto you, but I, I do like CJ McCollum quite a bit. And I I still think I lean Eric Bledsoe here because of his, um, suspiciously high blocks. And I mean, he gets the same amount of blocks as CJ McCollum almost, but, um, I just like his rebounds and assists, and I think Eric Bledsoe is a little underrated this year. I think people think he's going to be terrible. They're afraid of him for the the reasons you brought up, but um, I I think he's going to be I think he's going to be just fine. In fact, I think he's going to have a pretty good start. But um, do I don't
1: care. Let's do it. Let's do Bledsoe. We haven't done Bledsoe. Let's do him. Forget all right, it. Let's
0: let's do Bledsoe. I I like Bledsoe a lot, and so this is kind of why I want to do Bledsoe is because he's going to get you really good rebounds and assists. We have greater rebounds and assists across the board. We also have guys who steal the ball across the board. The only thing we're lacking right now is, I guess,
1: someone who gets blocks. So maybe we're ignoring blocks right now. We're lacking a we're lacking a, a big a big thumper blocker, right? I mean, Draymond's probably going to get you pretty close to one and a half, like one point four, and then we got two decent blocking guards, right? Yeah. I mean, like not great. I mean, the, the half is isn't nothing, but it's not anything big. Um, but we talk about that a lot, right? The difference between point two and a half and blocks can be a lot.
0: Yeah, I, I, it really can. It can add up very quickly. If someone has Chris Stapps, like they're they're just beating you with one person over over and over. And if someone has you know someone like Rudy Gobert, they're they're pulling ahead every single game he plays. The thing that I also think we're a bit and probably a little bit shorted. I don't know. We're still. I don't think we're that short in points. Uh, we're fine in points.
1: We could probably use.
0: I would blocks say we, or have, we can ignore
1: blocks. We have three twenty-point scorers. Pretty close. Yeah. So I, I think we're pretty all right. Still pretty good. <laughs> still pretty pretty good. Um,
0: our field goal percentage is probably our worst category, but we're we're probably going to ignore that from here on out. So let's let's ignore field goal percentage. I think that's kind of what we're going to lean towards punting. We are picking at forty six now, and let's let's go see who's out there. Probably the usual suspects: uh, Isaiah Thomas might be hovering hovering around this spot. Dennis Schroeder. Jeff, our boy Jeff Teague. We could see Nick Batum, Al Horford, Nurkic, D'Angelo Russell, Drew Holiday. Victor Depot. Uh, I like the guards a lot more
1: than I. I like everybody else in here, which, which is why, right? I would. I this is why I brought up the Miles Turner thing right away, right? If Miles is available, that's the pick. Like for me, that's the pick. It's a hard. It's a hard pick. Yeah, I, I, I like that big man, and then the point guard I'm going to get with that big man more than I like the point guard I'm going to get with this big man. If that makes sense.
0: No, that makes perfect sense. Uh, Miles Turner is just a higher quality player, and the drop off of bigs is, is pretty su- substantial right after that. Well, yeah, let's see. I mean, we usually—I mean, we end up usually getting someone like Dennis Schroeder here. Um, he would be a pretty good points assist guy who we can ignore his field goal percentage. Any
1: anyone else stick out? Danielle Gallinari Um this is probably one of our last shots to get a good amount of points. Um obviously we have a pick coming up right away there at 51. But after that right the points are probably going to be relatively dry. Um as far as like the, the best guys available we are going to get what like 16, 17 as opposed to like 20. So I'd be in on taking Schroeder here and probably his close to twenty points, uh, kind of solidifying that category for us, giving us some assists. Um, and Schroeder not great in the steals and blocks, which that's that's a worry, right? Because we unless we're going to pump blocks, we probably need a few blocks. Which it's weird that we are punting blocks a little bit, but that's kind of how we're trending right now.
0: It is the direction we we ended up heading because we went pretty guard heavy so far in this in this little draft, and I I would say I'm not sure he's going to be there, but if Devin Booker was there, would you be more interested in him than Dennis Schroeder? Because we're pretty good at rebounds and assists across the board. James Harden is good at assists. Uh, Draymond Green is going to be good at assists. Eric Bledsoe is going to be good at assists. Do we need another assist guy? Would it maybe make sense to go after just bulk scoring Devin Booker?
1: Um, that's an interesting thought. Uh, it all depends on kind of how many points you see Booker getting this year, right? If you're in the camp that he scores like 23, 24, 25, I'd be a little bit more interested than if he's going to score like 21 or 22, like he's been. Um, I think I would tend to go Schroeder over Booker, but I could see the uh, case for Mr. Devin Booker.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Cause we kind of do
1: already have two point guards. Um, Devin Booker, she's a bad we are, percentage. If, if, so. if we pick Schroeder here, we are the best team in the league in assists. We have to be. We're going to have great assists, And so maybe we should be piling on our strong categories,
0: which is a very important thing when you're doing, when you're punting, not just to ignore the categories you are bad at, but to make sure you pay attention to the categories that you're strong at, make them even stronger. I'm going to yeah, throw I'm, one more name out there for you. Uh, Oladipo if he's available here Would you rather have him or Dennis Schroeder Uh, I'd rather have Schroeder Um,
1: I I think that this If if we pick Schroeder or Booker or Oladipo It doesn't matter Um, I think that we're real good in points We're real good in assists We're real good in threes We're real good in probably real throw percentage even We're probably pretty decent in steals I mean I just feel like we're turning to be a really really strong team In a lot of areas
0: Absolutely and this is a team without a center we're still good at, at at most of those things because of the versatility of someone like Draymond Green and, and James Harden. You can start building a, a team that doesn't really have to focus on getting a center. And that really helps when you're looking at those mid-tier rounds where there aren't really any too many good centers available for you. Um, I think we're both high on Nita Schroeder and we both like him. We've, we've taken him before, but if it's our build, we don't have to worry about assists after this anymore. And I um, really worry too much about points. So let's go down to pick 51. Let's see Let's see who's going to be available here. Once again, the usual suspects. I'm going to throw out some names maybe we haven't talked about too much. I'm going to throw out a name like Robert Covington, a versatile wing who would fit the mold of we have a bunch of versatile guys out there. Nick Batum, your, your old favorite, Nick Batum.
1: That's a kind of interesting would-you-rather, right?
0: Yeah, both both interesting types of players, right? Nick Batum
1: probably scores a bit more. Yeah, but... I, mean, I think that they're probably uh, really, really kind of similar. Batum's going to get you, obviously, more assists. Covington more steals and blocks, probably. Maybe more threes. Yeah. Um, but is the five point six assists that much more worthy than the one and a half uh the covering is gonna get you at this particular bill. We definitely don't need the assists.
0: And I think you that that's a really good point. We don't really need the assists, but I would go and start looking at we have good steals. We could be great in steals with someone like Robert Covington.
1: Yeah, and at this point, right, Covington's gonna be I mean, Covington's gonna be one of the elite steal guys, you gotta think. In the league, so I mean that's kind of a sexy pick for us to boost ourselves up right there.
0: Yeah, one one of the few elite steals guys that are going to be left at this point, um, unless you're really really into Thaddeus Young, which um, you know don't sleep on Thaddeus Young.
1: I will say that the guy I'm probably most interested in this pick, and, and I think he's going to be around. Um, it's a guy we talk about a lot is Victor Oladipo, fifty nine and sixty three ADPs on Yahoo and ESPN. Wow. We're picking Interesting. A pick. I
0: was I was thinking about taking them in the uh, in the last pick. So, ooh man, if Oladipo is available, this is a weird,
1: certainly a weird team. Um, I don't know that it's weird. I think it's really really strong in like five categories, uh, six categories probably. Even we are just we need a big right. We need someone who's going to get us some bulk rebounds. I think sure. Um but we're really strong in points. We're really strong in assists. We're really strong in steals. If we get Depot, we're really strong in threes and we're really strong in free throw percentage. So
0: I, you, you kind of hit it there. What, what do we need next? Even if we take someone like Covington or Oladipo right here, what do we need next? And <laughs> looking at what could be available, we don't pick until pick 70. And that is really cutting it close there with, Probably one of the last guys available who is an elite rebounder, um, which would be Clint
1: Capella. Yeah, you got to figure he's available um, at seventy. We could also just, yeah, I think he's going to be available at seventy.
0: His average draft right now, uh, if you CBS do not include, it, if you do not include CBS, is the sixty seventh pick. So it is possible.
1: It's possible, uh, maybe not likely, but I mean. Okay, I get it that is good in the blocks and, and all that, but we're not really caring about blocks. So one of his best categories is probably not something we're focusing on. He's going to kill us in free throws, which is one of our better categories, so I don't necessarily know that I even love Capella at this pick. We need someone who's going to get us a ton of rebounds. Um, and here's kind of a, a weird name that I didn't think I'd ever say we should draft but probably is going to be available is someone like Julius Randle who's just like going to give us some bulk rebounds and not a lot else. Wow. Uh, that, think- that,
0: that is a first for you giving any respect to Julius Randall. But
1: think about our build. We're really awesome in like five categories. And we need, just need someone who's going to give us like pretty close to 10 rebounds. And Julius Randall's that type of guy, not the worst free throw percentage he's going to be like probably like 71, 72%. Um, he's going to give us a, a few assists. We don't really need the steals, but he's going to give us 0.7. We're not caring about blocks. We're really good in three-pointers anyways. I mean, me, he, he just kind of fits the build.
0: And you're, you're thinking about taking Randall here at at 70. So we went with uh, – I like going with Oladipo, actually, because he's more versatile across the board, which just boosts us even further.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Um, so let's, let's go with Oladipo. And um, – Man, I I like you looking at Randall, Julius Randall here. Uh, Julius Randall is going below 70, so this is definitely a potential, potentially you can get him. That's not out of the question. I'm just going to throw some, let's do a Would You Rather, and this is going to be for this build. We're going to look at Let's and, say. And,
1: and here's the thing I'll say about this, right? Yeah. In a normal draft, I'm not, I'm not saying I love Julius Reno. I'm not saying I actually think that's a little bit of an overdraft. I think that, like, if you look at the eight categories in total, he's probably more like the 80, 85th, 90th ranked player at the end of the season. But we're trying to build the best team. I don't care about getting the best player. I don't care one bit about getting the best player. I want to build a great team and I need rebounds. So Absolutely. the best rebounder available, and that's what I need. I'm probably going to take it. Um, plus two, we're only doing the first six rounds, so I'm trying to fit a rebounder in here. Maybe you look down the board and you see someone you think is going to get a boatload of rebounds, and you can pick him later on. And maybe you wait. Maybe you're big on Derek Favors, which I'm kind of a big Derek Favors fan, fan this year. looks like he's going to start a power forward for the Jazz. He's probably going to get like seven, eight rebounds. That's a guy you could take later. But we're only doing the first six rounds, so I'm trying to focus on giving us a real strong team in enough categories to dominate the league. And I think that Julius Randle makes a good fit, even though I'm not in love with that particular player.
0: Yeah, actually, I think this is where you will probably have to pick Julius Randle because he's going to be a favorite sleeper from a, with a lot of people who are into the Lakers, and um, you probably won't get him past this point. Uh, let me, oh, let, me think just do a, let me just do a quick Would you rather Julius Randle or Willie Cully Stein?
1: Um, I'd rather have Randall for this build. I think Willie Colley-Stein, a little bit of his values in the blocks, and we're not caring about the blocks. Um, Willie Colley-Stein is an interesting player. Uh, we could talk about what the Kings did in that first game. I mean, I think Willie Colley-Stein deserves to start. Okay, Now, here's the thing I'll tell you that I know from covering the Kings last year. The Kings started Costa Kufis next to DeMarcus Cousins at the beginning of the season, and Willie Colley-Stein barely played. There were games where he was a DMP CD. Anthony was hurt. They just chose not to play him. Now, once they started to go into rebuild, tank, whatever mode you want to call it, he got big minutes and he looked really good. Now we're back in the first preseason game and they start Koufis and Zach Randolph at the big man spots. I don't know what it is about Jaeger. I don't know why he loves to do it, but he loves to start the veterans, quote-unquote, even though it's Willie Colley Stein's third year. Um. I'm worried about that situation and Willie Cully Stein not getting the 30 minutes he probably rightfully deserves. And yeah, so, that's
0: um, a questionable sign for Willie Cully Stein and even more questionable sign for Scott who was um, kind of a is, is a is a deep sleeper last probably last pick in your draft kind of guy. Might not be worth a last pick in your draft if he's not gonna see the court.
1: Yeah, and so we're talking about pick seventy here. So, I'm definitely not really wanting to reach out for Willie Colley Stein in the off chance that he plays like 25, 26 minutes and can't return anywhere near that value.
0: yeah, so actually the the better question might be, would you rather not take Randall here and get some get someone later in the draft like Willie Cauley-Stein, Enos cantor, Steven Adams, um, and, the kind of the guy the only bigs that are left
1: and Cantor is going to be a great fit for this build because he's bulk points and rebounds, and really what we need is rebounds. So Canthor would be a perfect, perfect fit for this build. I just didn't think you had to pick him at 70. Yeah. I think you can probably pick him later on. And we talked about that, right, the other day, about him being ranked 50th in Mark's new rankings. Um, He would be exquisite, perfect for this build. So, yeah.
0: So maybe, you know... Someone like every Bradley's available here or you wanted to reach down for Eric, Aaron Gordon because you think you can get Enos later or you think you can get Randall in the next round, go ahead and do that. But we're going to go with Julius Randall because it fits our build really well. And I, I like this build taking Harden third overall and uh, getting Draymond on the uh, end of the second round, taking Eric Bledsoe, a guy who's going to get real uh, – a point guard who's going to get good rebounds – and fairly good blocks to, to kind of round out our vers- the versatility in those first three picks. We then went Schroeder in the fourth to boost our points and assists even further. And then we went Oladipo because we could. Like, why not? It's another versatility type of guy. Now, that left us weak in rebounds. It left us weak in blocks. But that's fine because we're very dominant in everything else. Except for, I guess, field goal percentage. So that's, that's six out of the nine categories that we're going to be doing fine in. Um, I guess throw turnovers in there too. So five out of the nine categories that we're going to be doing pretty good in. And we're not really that bad in rebounds. We're not going to be – I wouldn't say we're punting rebounds
1: at all. No, and that's what I mean. If we get a rebound guy, I think it's – it's we win every week six to three. And if you win every week six to three, you're the champion.
0: Yeah, I agree. I like that build. That's a great build for James Harden. Uh, I think that's it for tonight. Yeah. Um, you got anything to uh, plug
1: or anything you are you've been watching lately, Tyler? Um, I've been watching a lot of preseason basketball, and it has been refreshing and slightly crazy of me, all at the same time. There,
0: there is nothing like the the fresh scent of the NBA. It's, uh, it's
1: seeing real players dunking on people makes me just a happy person. I just like seeing the uh, guy that I think is, is a made-up player coming out there in the fourth quarter.
0: The NBA 2K, my player, that plays on at the end of these games?
1: Yep. I, I didn't know every team had so many of them.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, they haven't cut their rosters yet, I feel like. They'll <laughs> be disappearing here pretty soon. Um, so, yeah, uh, you could tweet at us if you like what you're hearing here, if you have uh, questions for your draft. Uh, upcoming draft, or things you would like us to talk about even. Um, well, the reason I did a mock draft earlier uh, this week was simply because uh, uh, someone on Twitter tweeted at me and said, hey, I'd like to hear a mock draft. So I said, all right, cool. Um, that's that's how quickly and effective you can get a hold of us on Twitter, and we can help you prepare for your fantasy drafts. So tweet at me, Mike Catron, at watchtheboxes, and Tyler is at watsy44. Four, four. That is four, fours, which um, apparently works just just instead of having three English words, just put a bunch of nonsense letters and numbers next to each other. People are like, oh, yeah, I can remember that. Um, but yeah, just if you like what you're hearing on this podcast, rate, review us on iTunes or wherever you are downloading your podcast. That is the number one thing that helps us the most uh, be seen by other people and allows us to continue um, providing this information and, and this analysis to, to everybody throughout the season, really. So that is probably the number one thing you could possibly do, other than to send checks in the mail, which, uh, you know, we'll, we might look into that as well. Less than two weeks till opening night. That's all I got to say. That's it. Your drafts got to be coming up. So good luck out there, everybody. And we'll be back with more of the top eight Who Do You drafts next time.